Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Well, it's at uh, this time on most Tuesdays that we talk to one of our favorite doctors from Northwestern Medicine, Dr. Jeffrey Copen, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Dr. Copen can't join us today, uh, but another doctor has stepped in, Dr. Mark Sala, a pulmonary and critical care specialist and the co-director of the Northwestern Medicine Comprehensive COVID-19 Center. Dr. Mark, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Uh, I wanted to ask you about some other things, but I see COVID-19 Center, Comprehensive COVID-19 Center. What do you all do there? We see folks who really have any complications after having a COVID-19 infection. So our our medical care spans really the gamut of seeing anyone who's had any complication thereafter, on whether that's uh, from their time in the hospital or even if they were never hospitalized. So a lot of disciplines, a lot of folks looking at a lot of the conditions that we're trying to uh, really help them with. Um, long COVID has become a real, real problem and uh, a lot of research ongoing there that needs help. Long COVID. Boy, I'm glad you all are looking into that. I see that the Congress is actually, in a bipartisan way, who knew, maybe looking into this as well. Um, is there funding and are there answers on the horizon? Uh, what's the status of your work? Yeah, I think the the last six months to nine months has brought a lot of new medical advances in this field that has made me more excited than really any time that we've been doing this over the last four years with long COVID. And so I think we are getting closer and the funding is, of course, ever more important to continue the work. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, folks who are still struggling with it. And so, uh, you know, at this point, I think what we're looking for is a, a treatment for some of this. And uh, I think the, the discoveries keep happening. And so a uh, very exciting field right now. Are we mostly talking about the loss of taste and smell or something else? No, honestly, uh, the, the most debilitating symptoms are along the lines of uh, chronic fatigue. A lot of people who uh, previously were very active, uh, some very athletic, can't really get back to working out without pretty debilitating shortness of breath and, and uh, symptoms after they try to work out. And so there's quite a gamut of symptoms, but most of them, uh, including these, and also with uh, a fair amount of brain fog or memory issues, really, really are uh, the main problems that we're seeing now. What's the connection between an upper respiratory? I mean, let's see, COVID-19 was respiratory, right? What's the connection? I guess I could see fatigue, but how is it that this virus caused this array of symptoms? Yeah, your your lips to other scientists' ears on this one. I think that the... um you know, how does a virus, uh, which, which can affect many organs of the body, I mean, we, we can see that with any virus, of course, but um, how, how does uh, the, the impact of a virus that predominantly was a pneumonia at the outset cause us such systemic symptoms on people? Uh, there is a lot of research on this and a lot of, um, a lot of speculation about what's driving it. Um, and uh, a lot of it has to do with whether or not this virus is able to hide in the same way that EBV or other viruses would in someone's body and then kind of reactivate and cause prolonged inflammatory states. And, and that's where a lot of work is being done now. But you're, you're asking the question. Well, I hope you find the answer. Do you then um, solicit people who have been suffering from long COVID and run them through a battery of tests or trials or something? Yeah, it's a, the, long COVID is very much a diagnosis exclusion for lack of a single you know yeah. blood test to give you an answer. And so, uh, you hear a, a story that it tends to be um, a pretty classic at this point, but, you know, with retrospect, now we kind of can hear some patterns with, with these stories. Um, run a good medical workup, make sure that it's not something else, and then try to help people with the symptoms they do have. Um, 
the uh, we're, we're a, a, a center that you know takes referrals or people can find us in terms of um, you know being able to uh, seek their care. Um, I think that probably it's you know we're we're not serving everyone by that means. Then you know it's far more people have this than, than know that they do, and so it's a uh, something we want to keep capturing people for, so we can try to try to help them. That's interesting. Some folks who maybe haven't connected the dots, and yet there they are. Dr. Mark Salas on the line, a pulmonary and critical care specialist, and obviously involved at the COVID-19 Center at Northwestern. Uh, unrelated to that, but I just thought it was so interesting. Gate speed is one of your vital signs. I don't know if you subscribe to this theory, but they say as much as we're aware of our pulse rate, our respiration rate, our blood pressure, uh, our oxygen saturation, you put that little thing on your finger, gait is now something that doctors may be using to gauge your overall health or health in specific areas. Is that true? What do you know about that? Yeah, it's almost deceptively uh, simple where, you know, where as a doctor, we're watching someone walk to the, uh, the office room or walk away from it, um, or we're watching them try to get up from their chair and what kind of muscles they use and and how they do it in their patterns. I mean, this is something that you almost uh, can, as a doctor, you, you see them do and, and you, you note it and you know how important it is, but to quantify and help people with it at a broad level is very important. I think that, um, you know, gait and, and walking is really what we're talking about here. Um, such a complicated physics to it, uh, when you get down to it, is how people walk, everything from their brain activating all their muscles and, and getting feedback all the way back up to their brain with every step and any error going along there in, in any pathway, uh, including from the heart, the lungs, the brain, the nervous system, the muscles. It's, it's a very important process. And so I think studying that and using it more applicably is a very good idea. They, uh, one of the things that jumped out at us was that they say it may be associated with dementia. I don't know if, therefore, if I walk real fast, I won't get dementia. I don't think they're saying that, but it might be associated. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, probably that may be one of those things that's a, a correlation. So if you have uh, somebody who is, uh, for any reason, um, becoming more frail and, you know, maybe it's associated with their dementia and their, their overall health, um, and, you know, their gait will be affected by that. Uh, so if someone, for instance, is uh, older, um, may have comorbidities that lead to, you know, so in other words, chronic medical illnesses that are more inclined to get them dementia uh, or, or other neurological problems. I mean, just simple examples would be, you know, lifelong of diabetes uh, or, or high blood sugars and you know, maybe having small strokes over time and you see their, their gait affected, uh, that certainly can be a risk factors for having dementia. So I certainly buy that. Yeah. Uh, so it's correlated, but it's not causal, right? Yeah, that'll be a tough one to, tough one to prove there. As a, yeah. uh, as a, the faster you walk, the less dementia you'll have, but yeah. Right, but I could see people inclined to say, well, therefore, I'm going to make sure I'm a brisk walker now. Um, and that's probably not bad advice, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to cure yourself of anything down the road. Right, right. Probably other reasons to stay really fit, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's probably not the the, the one the, the one strategy, right? Uh, last thing, doctor. Anything uh, you would ask from our listeners relative to the uh, comprehensive COVID center that you have at Northwestern? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it, thanks for asking. Um, you know, from my standpoint, uh, we're fighting the good fight for a, a large proportion of patients who who uh, get COVID and never quite recover fully. So. Um, I think at, on my end, just making sure that people understand that one of the best preventative strategies is staying up to date on vaccines in, a, in an era when I think the drop-off rate of getting boosters is very, very low. I think that um, uh, I think our, our message is always the same, which is, number one, do what you can to prevent uh, the long COVID, which would be stay up to date on your boosters and help us help you. And then the other thing would be just 
you know, if you, if you think you might have some of these symptoms or someone you love has some of these symptoms, you know, encourage them to uh, get a referral, whether to us or somebody else, for at least getting counsel on that. It's just, uh, you know, the more we learn about this virus, the more we understand about all viruses. And so we, we're really trying to dig in now and, and make sure we can understand as much as we can for now in the future. Dr. Mark Sala over at Northwestern. Uh, real nice to meet you today, doctor. Thanks for giving us some of your time. My pleasure. Thank you.